No, we have a Justin. This is about Justin. <laughs> no, does he know about this? Oh my! No, he tweeted it. He tweeted it, and I didn't even realize it was him. No, he I fucking didn't got he the glasses. Yes. Holy shit, dude! He uh, said he almost got Reuters too. Somebody tweet Justin. Holy fuck! Tweet it, Justin. Tell him we're talking about this, and we didn't fucking know. Holy shit! voter explains why the texas pastor won him over from bernie sanders a piece written by sam stein on january 15th 2024 for the website politico.com let's start with the obvious ryan binkley doesn't matter when digesting the iowa caucus results the texas pastor and business person has been running a quixotic campaign for the gop presidential nomination that has gone virtually unnoticed Okay, before I, before I keep going, so it's Don Quixote, right? Yeah. Okay, I that's was thinking that, the same that's where thing. That word comes it's from. Quixote. Yeah. <laughs> but every time I hear someone say the word quixotic, it's like with an X like that. Yeah. Quixotic. Well, I've never heard anyone say quixotic, but that's like how you say it, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I believe uh, Don Quixote was a, uh, a Spanish man, <laughs> so right. Yeah. I think uh, our our English brains are not capable of pronouncing you know x's the same way <laughs> i'm gonna try to uh give that sentence another pass with some authentic uh spanish pronunciation the tejas pastor and business person has been running a quixotic campaign for the gop presidential <laughs> nomination there you go much better virtually unnoticed which is why it was a bit jarring to see results tonight showing hundreds of iowans had actually voted for him far more than former Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson. It all raised some fairly obvious questions, such as, why? <laughs> <laughs> and who are these Binkley voters? And what is it that compelled them to cast their votes this way? Justin Comer, a 33-year-old musician and music theory teacher, was Binkley's one voter in Coralville Precinct 4. <laughs> uh, and podcaster? Um <laughs> See, I did get you, nervous. Did you tell them about, that? <laughs> I, I get nervous about plugging the podcast in situations oh, like this because then they won't I, use it, <laughs> right? I didn't want them to like think that I only did this. <laughs> yeah, to promote the show. <laughs> that was part of it, but I don't know. I felt like holding back a little with that. Yeah. So, like when the uh oh guys were talking about this on on their stream on Wednesday. They said that I I did like a masterful job, like trolling Politico with this. But I what I didn't like lie at all. I was completely straightforward <laughs> about what I did and why. Yeah, that's what we expect from you. You're a, you're a straight shooter. You know, you were there I to usually am. vote for Ryan Bingley. No <laughs> ulterior motives at all. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, what what would you say my ulterior motive is in this case? Um, I'm kind of just fucking around. Fu- fun? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Having yeah. fun? Yeah. Just goofing? goofing? Yeah. Th- I guess my intent is really just ridiculing the process a little bit. Yeah. And I was pretty straightforward with this guy, too. Sam Stein. Do you Are you familiar with him at all? No, but I, I'm familiar with Politico. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> not my favorite. Not my favorite. Uh... <laughs> washington insider journal yeah um, 
<laughs> I, mean, I don't know. I talked to Sam Stein on the phone. He seems like a pretty nice guy. I think he contributes to MSNBC as well. He told me, let me just double check the name on this. Yeah. Uh, so when I told him I'm a musician and that I uh, teach music theory, he told me that his grandfather was the composer Irving Fine, which he's not like a huge name or anything, but he was like, you know, 20th century, like a a composer guy. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't really know his work at all, me, but, but... <laughs> I, I had like heard his name, but I wasn't really at all oh. familiar with his stuff. I listened to a piano piece of his after that conversation with Sam Stein. Mm-hmm. It was nice. He sort of uh, blends like a sort of traditional harmony into like a more 20th century, more dissonant kind of texture. It was a nice piece. That sounds good. Check out Irving Fine, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Comer isn't a Republican. He backed now, Bernie. Bud. Sa- <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Technically, I am. <laughs> the exact words that I used with Sam were, uh, "I am not really a Republican voter," is what I said. Uh, I, I didn't really get into it with him about how I am now technically a registered Republican, and I have not changed that yet. I haven't uh, switched back to independent. I should probably do that before I. Yeah. Start getting <laughs> start getting mysterious letters at your at your door. I was on I was getting texts from Trump, Haley and DeSantis like for like 2 months leading up to the caucus. Yeah. I I finally like unsubscribe. I mean, I only get Democrat stuff cuz I've never mm-hmm. been I've never been a registered Republican. Mm-hmm. Um but uh I like unsubscribe from all my political emails because they're finally well it was actually because i was running out of space in my <laughs> gmail account <laughs> but uh, i they pop like three more pop up every time they use that like ngp van software or database or whatever so like yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm on there i don't know how you can opt out of that but but my information's on there so every time there's a new like johnston county school board count or not johnston county but <laughs> johnston school board candidate like i start getting their emails yeah, it's the mailing list Hydra. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I'm not a Republican. He backed Bernie Sanders in the 2020 caucus and wrote the Vermont senator in for president later that year. But Democrats have a largely immaterial election in Iowa this year, and he wanted to, quote, take part in the process. So he showed up, dot, 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 and voted Binkley. Dot, dot, dot. Holding a lot of weight there. <laughs> <laughs> That is true. I did write in Bernie in 2020. Um, what I did not tell him, and what I probably have never mentioned on the show before, is that I wrote in uh, Brianna Joy Gray for vice president in 2020. <laughs> 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 A decision that really, that's held up really well. <laughs> yeah, that would really piss him off, I'm sure. Like, that would probably scratch the article right there. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, this part I object to a little bit because I was quoted out of context. It wasn't entirely sincere, so there was a bit of irony to it, he conceded. Uh, So I would not, under normal circumstances, probably use the word irony in Mm -hmm. describing my actions in life. Uh, He sort of planted that. He set me up to say that. (laughs) He, He was asking me questions like, uh, so why, why exactly did you do this? Was it just like to be ironic? And I wanted to 
shift that a little bit because it's not i'm not trying to do irony exactly but i'm also not sincerely voting for ryan binkley (laughs) yeah right (laughs) Uh, and then he continues quoting me i am a politically active person and wanted to be present for an event that had some kind of interesting result yeah and i i think that the results were a little bit interesting yeah right and also you can't uh unless you are an actual like member of the media you don't get to just observe the caucus site without (laughs) you gotta choose a candidate it's a private private party politics event you know yeah and we'll uh i'll i'll recap my actual experience after we finish this article but uh there were a couple people who got kicked out oh really (laughs) yeah There, there are certain rules that the party has and they do it turns out enforce them they're a little bit strict about certain things. Comer wasn't going entirely blind when he cast his ballot. He said he first became aware of Binkley when he attended the Iowa State Fair in August and was surprised to see a pastor distributing WTF merch. Binkley's version of the acronym is Way to Freedom. (laughs) 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 Which we talked about on uh, Chapo Trap House. And uh, I... I seem to recall I purchased a WTF hat for our friend Natalie. Yes. For one dollar. I I think you gave her one dollar out of your wallet (laughs) and then she gave them a, uh, her, her real name. (laughs) (laughs) Cause they were, they were trying to juice the numbers so they could appear for the debate stage, uh, by having whatever individual donors, whatever criteria, which did, like not Perry. Yeah. <laughs> did not work. Perry. It did not work. I don't think, yeah, Ryan Binkley hasn't debated it ever, so. <laughs> oh, yeah, and I was going to say uh, about being on the text subscriptions for uh, Trump, Haley, and DeSantis. So I haven't been exactly, like, careful with my phone number, but I think the only time I ever used my real number with any of these was when Natalie and I went to the Trump rally a couple years ago. Because mm-hmm. I had to be able to like confirm the number to get, like, yeah, yeah, you know. But I never given my number to DeSantis or Haley. So does that mean that Trump is sharing my contact info with the other Republicans? Ah, that's a good question. I mean, I I wonder if it has to do with like who put on the event or whatever. You know, like at the bottom sure. of those, uh, you know, emails or whatever. There's always like, it's not always necessarily the candidate's campaign itself that is sending that stuff. So if you ever. I don't know if you might have given it to just the Republican Party of Iowa as a whole instead yeah. of like just his campaign. Yeah. Yeah. And there were like uh, Jeff Kaufman was at that Trump rally. So they may have had some they may have taken a peek at the lists. <laughs> yeah, perhaps. Continuing with Politico, he read op-eds from the candidate on economic inequality <laughs> and admired that Binkley wasn't focusing on transgender issues. So, yeah, we did that last week on the podcast. We were reading some of Binkley's uh, pitch to Iowa caucus goers. Uh, I don't think that Binkley's uh, social views are probably very different from the Republican Party as a whole. Being a wealthy businessman and pastor from Texas, he's probably not exactly progressive when it comes to gender. But uh, he wasn't writing about it. It wasn't the first thing out of his mouth like it is with DeSantis people. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's because he's like... And Vivek. Not as like cravenly political, I don't think. I mean, he's just like a a megachurch guy who probably like sincerely does believe about like 
healing the soul of the nation bullshit or whatever, <laughs> instead of it just being like a, you know, a, a cover for, for corporate interests or whatever. Right. Yeah. 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 And that's kind of what I was saying on the phone with Sam is like, I don't think that I would like a Ryan Binkley presidency very much, but he also doesn't seem like that bad of a guy compared yeah. to these other people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he also didn't think any of the other non-Donald Trump candidates would be better for the country than Trump. This is, I think, the most important thing I said in this whole interview, is that I think that the the main message that the media is getting from Democrats or leftist people is that we really want to prevent a Donald Trump presidency. And that's mm-hmm. sort of why a bunch of libs caucus for Nikki Haley in Johnson County. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One vote. One vote, dude. That's that's awesome. Uh, but I wanted to dissent from that a little bit and say that, like, I think Ron DeSantis or Nikki Haley would actually be worse presidents than Donald Trump. Uh, you could definitely make a case for that. I'm not sure if I agree. I could, it's hard to, to say. Don't yeah. really know what they're actually going to do once they obtain power. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I could see it. I don't think they would be that meaningfully different no but it's like the same thing about like oh like what if donald trump was like uh competent or which i would uh, hesitate to say that either of them are competent santis or Haley, but yeah it's yeah they kind of they might be more effective in pushing their agenda than trump would be Mm -hmm. yeah he's he's very ego driven maybe doesn't see the big picture in in quite such a clear way and he's not that ideologically driven yeah donald trump and he's also not as beholden to, like, donors. That's true. Yeah. He's beholden to uh, his own fortune. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, go with Binkley, we asked. Why not? He replied. Yeah. It's a good And, conclusion. you know, the, the reason why they wrote this article is just to make fun of Bernie Sanders supporters. Um, <laughs> they, were, they were laughing at you. This whole thing is... Uh, they're, they're, they're trying to... Uh, get it out here you're actually hurting the bernie sanders movement <laughs> in 2024 by the, yeah the movement yeah yeah <laughs> so how this happened was that uh sam stein was uh tweeting uh because he was watching the iowa caucus results and seeing ryan binkley getting some votes and he was like yeah. are there Whoa. any iowa binkley voters out there and since it was on twitter and i'm probably the most online ryan binkley voter in the country yeah Yeah, that's right that's right (laughs) somebody somebody tagged me and i was like hey i'm willing i'm willing to put myself out there for ryan (laughs) i also think it's funny that they're like surprised like acting like they're surprised that he got more votes than asa hutchinson it's like he's like probably he probably talked to 700 over 700 iowans and like like you said he's like if, if you could say anything about him, he's probably more sincere in his beliefs than most of the Republican candidates like we kind of discussed. And mm-hmm. so, like, I yeah, so. it's not that yeah. surprising that he would convince a certain number of people to be like, yeah, I'm going to vote for this, like, this man of God, <laughs> like, yeah. because they... <laughs> That's what yeah. I called him also in the interview. I said, he's a man of God. He's a man of God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And his wife is attractive, so you know that's that's a one-two punch. Man <laughs> of God with an attractive wife, damn. Yeah. Well, actually, I mean, pretty much all the candidates have attractive wives. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Nikki Haley has a husband, not a wife. 
but what does he look like? <laughs> is he hot? Do we we need Natalie for this? <laughs> yeah, Michael Haley is his name. Um, I don't know. Pretty standard middle aged bald man. I think he looks fine, but but she looks better than he does. Well, you know, you were talking about uh, Binkley actually talking to voters and uh, you know persuading them with his uh, sincere beliefs. I have a recording of him speaking on caucus night that I oh, thought really? we could listen to a little <laughs> bit of. Um, yeah. he, he was present at Western Iowa Technical Community College in Sioux City on the night of the caucus where uh, a few different Sioux City precincts were meeting for the Republican caucuses. So he was speaking to, you know, a big room full of people. And I, I do want to make sure we say this uh, in the final tally. Uh, Ryan Binkley got 774 votes statewide. Asa Hutchinson got 191 so significantly more. Yeah. Per, well, I mean percentage-wise. <laughs> yeah. Compare that compare that to 56,260 that yeah, Donald yeah. Trump got. It's pretty pretty small, but it's a little drop in the bucket. Yeah. Okay, let me play from this. Uh this recording is like four and a half minutes long. I'm not going to play the whole thing. We'll skip around, but thank you to the uh attendee of this precinct caucus who provided me with this recording. Uh you know who you are. The warning that Lincoln gave us many years ago. Let's pay attention to that day because we're close to it. We have $34 trillion in debt. Soon in five years, we're on a track to be $50 trillion. As I look at our nation, I'm going, does anybody see this? I've got five kids, 13 to 23. Does anybody see this? 50% of young people are living with their parents now under the age of 25. Was that their financial dream, just to see a gridlock in Congress and see them not pass one budget, budget and not... <laughs> Bidget. Bidget. <laughs> not pass one budget. Uh, okay, he, he pointed out uh, an important statistic uh, that... Did he say 50% of young people yeah, are living with know. their parents? <laughs> is, that, is that such a disaster, do you think? <laughs> Uh, I think it's uh, maybe a sign of the times. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't really know. Yeah, I mean, work work for me, you know. <laughs> yeah, and uh, he also said under twenty five. I don't think it's that weird to to not have moved out by. No, them. no, 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 definitely not. Twenty five is pretty young. I moved out at uh, how old was I? I don't know. Twenty one. I was twenty one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty normal. I try to remember what year it was. A lot of people move back. Like I, I moved out and back a couple times. Mm-hmm. The economy is not uh, super kind to uh, well anyone. <laughs> yeah, very few. So what I really liked about this is how he ended his speech. So I'm going to skip a couple minutes and uh, we'll listen to that. How many guys are ready for true change? I feel like this. I'm asking you. I feel like I'm the dark horse running on the inside lane. Nobody's paying attention. What? Okay. <laughs> it's it's a little muffled. Do you know what he said there? Dark. He's a dark horse running in the inside lane. Dark horse. Okay. I thought he said Don Kirsch, and I was like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Don, Don Kirsch, famous famous hundred hundred yard sprint. <laughs> yeah, I thought he was making some sports reference that went over my head. <laughs> The win tonight for us. Let's get a delegate or two. Let's do something they're not even thinking about. I haven't had a chance to share this message right here. Many people have had 70 hours on Fox News. I've had about seven minutes. You can make the difference for tonight. I'm going to go back to Des Moines tonight, give them nine. I'm praying that we move this thing. 
We, no, I will say this. Many people in this race are going to be out in two, three, four weeks. I'm going to be in. Because I have the opportunity to move up. Most of them are going to be moving out. I've not vilified one candidate in this race because that's not the way I'm... Billy, Billy Joel reference. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think it's time that we leave like Reagan did, transcend the division, go higher, that's why I'm running. Odds are 20 or 30% of you are, are fractionally open. I've seen the studies. Even if you said Trump's my guy, I want you to know I supported both elections. I took 16 people to his inauguration. I'm not running because I don't love him or like him. I, I love him and like him in many ways. But I'm running because God spoke to my heart. And he said, Ryan, will you still stand? When you speak this to America. And I can't do it now with a greater voice unless I have your help. And I'm asking for it. If you would pray. And, you, and if there's a, a slight thought, you would say, God, do you want this guy there? Do you want to move on? I'm asking for you to follow that nudge. There's a scripture in Isaiah 30 that says, You'll hear a voice behind you. Walk in. That's all I'm asking is pray and think. If you give me that chance, I greatly appreciate it. I'm Ryan Bigley. I'm running for the president, seat of the United States of America. If we don't become united, we'll never be the nation we're called to be. Thank you, That's a hell of a final pitch. Yeah. Uh, it says on his Wikipedia page that uh, he spent, on average, more than $4,000 per vote that he received <laughs> in the Iowa caucus. <laughs> Would you oh. trade your your vote for four thousand dollars <laughs> in a heartbeat, man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, shit that that just sounded like George W. Bush stuff. Like again, mm-hmm. he's like we're talking about like like Nikki Haley's like the twenty twelve Republican, and uh, I think Ryan Binkley is like yeah early two thousands Republican. Yeah, yeah, this is a two thousand four campaign, but that that final pitch to just. Tell this group of people, because you know you're going to get some of them with this. Mm-hmm. Just take take a moment to pray and ask God, do you, do you want me to vote for this guy? <laughs> <laughs> you know some people in that room are going to do it, and that whatever, whatever perception of a deity they have in their mind is going to say, yeah, I want Ryan Binkley to be president. <laughs> and they're going to follow their, they're going to follow their Lord and, and go for it. And and he's right. He's he's still in this, you know. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's still in this. We lost Vivek. We lost. Uh, looks like maybe DeSantis is is at least. Uh, he canceled some events, right? He canceled a, like pretty much every event, I think. Oh so man! So it's either that he's quitting or he's you know, winding it down to a less than stellar finish. Yeah, which has already happened at least once before, like. Uh, making his campaign a more efficient operation restructuring yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) that lean lean campaign manufacturing binkley got uh he got fifth place the fourth place candidate vivek got uh over 10 times the votes but uh vivek is out and ryan is still in he's committed to this uh and i i looked back at the 2020 caucus uh i was gonna say didn't Biden also get fifth place? But no, he got fourth. <laughs> so I, I right. was going to say, you know, you know who else, you know, got fifth place and became the president? Yeah, I guess he but, thinks that if uh, other candidates drop out, they're going to switch to him instead of like, <laughs> like either Trump or Haley. Yeah, yeah, I, it's looking like a Trump Haley race, and it's really looking like a Trump uh, complete domination. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's looking more like that than um, <laughs> pretending that Haley has a shot. 
Yeah, you mentioned that she Haley won Johnson County by one vote. Um, I, I sort of dislike the way that they present this as like a county by county thing because winning a, a county has no doesn't, doesn't matter bearing yeah. on this race. Yeah, it's precinct by precinct, but it's just a way for them to sort of show a map showing how deep the the Trump support is in various places. And uh, it's pretty deep almost everywhere is, is yeah. what you learn from that map. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and Johnson County just just loves being uh, different. We are, we're the only county only county that uh, Elizabeth Warren won in the twenty twenty yeah. primaries. So we just yeah. gotta we gotta be a part of history by <laughs> voting for a loser every time. <laughs> <laughs> we got lots of too many English majors in uh, in uh, Johnson County. You gotta be more like Ames and be uh, you know churning out like hog shit. Uh, <laughs> scientists. <laughs> Those are reliable yeah. Trump supporters. Well, they, you know, the 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 agricultural uh, executives that that come out of that school are having a greater impact on the world than <laughs> that's yeah, that's true. The University of Iowa's a uh, liberal arts students. Yeah. All right. So let let me talk about my experience at the caucus on Monday. Uh, my my caucus location for my precinct Coralville four was the Coralville City Hall, so I was at Coralville City Hall two nights in a row. Very different experiences. <laughs> 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 On Monday night, I was there uh, with thirty five other Republicans because I am technically a Republican <laughs> because now. You are a Republican. <laughs> the the vibe of the room, the environment that you find yourself in at a a room full of 40 Republicans as opposed to a room full of 800 Democrats. It's a very different uh, mood. Everyone was sort of just quietly getting registered and then sitting down and remaining silent (laughs) (laughs) as we got ready. You may not know this. This may happen at every precinct statewide. They open these precinct caucuses with the Lord's Prayer. (laughs) Yeah. Our Father who art in heaven, etc., etc. I, of course, still have it memorized from uh, Methodist services as a child, but Mm -hmm. I pretended to recite it along with the rest of the room. (laughs) I just moved my mouth while looking at my phone. (laughs) (laughs) The Lord's Prayer is immediately followed by the Pledge of Allegiance. Did they do that at the Democrat caucus? (laughs) I I don't think so. I don't think so. Not that I remember. Yeah. That's very, like, dystopian. <laughs> Lord's <laughs> Prayer and then Pledge of Allegiance. Yeah. I mean, the Lord's Prayer is the one that I wouldn't say surprised me, but really just made me think, you know, they really don't want anyone who's not a Christian in this room. <laughs> yeah. Uh, somebody added a platform plank, uh, but I, of course, didn't get to see what they wrote. Th- these are the people who got kicked out. So uh, seven o'clock is the cutoff. You know, you can't be late to these things. But it's such a casual situation. It wasn't like the door was locked, but uh, a couple people showed up at like 7.02 and just walked right in because mm. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's no one really to stop them. But uh, the temp chair, he, he wasn't having it. And he was like, you got to go. It's Dang. you're you're too late. We can't let anyone in after seven. So you you have to leave now, which I thought was interesting. And, and it, it also made me think about. So there's one of these happening every single precinct in the entire state. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't remember how many precincts there are in total, but there's a lot. You know, <laughs> 99 counties and more precincts than that. 
and all of these meetings are being chaired by just some guy. Yep. <laughs> so how many people do you think show up late to these and do get to vote? Probably a pretty fair number, you know? Yeah, I'm sure people slip in all the time. I'm sure people got in and didn't even register. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, before we got to the voting, they passed around a large envelope that had a picture of Abraham Lincoln on it to collect money. I did not give them any money. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> uh, so the these meetings have a chair and a secretary. I don't know exactly what the secretary's duties are because it seemed like the chair was doing everything. But this woman was our secretary and she says that she got railroaded into that position when she arrived that night, (laughs) (laughs) which is kind of what uh, Ashley's experience was at the uh, the Democratic caucuses. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like some prime Iowa caucus stuff. (laughs) Mm -hmm. If you show up, you might get roped into having to work for free. Yep. Doesn't this just sound great to anyone listening outside of Iowa? Instead of just coming in and filling out a ballot, you show up and you have to do volunteer work. Yeah. For a political party. And there's a <laughs> there's a deadline. <laughs> it's not if you're still in line, stay in line. It's like if you're if you're in line, get the fuck out. <laughs> if well, you're still in line, get the fuck out. Technically, if there is a line, oh, they okay. have to let everyone who is in okay. line in. I see. Because they were there, technically there at seven by seven. Yeah, but then but then somebody has to watch the end of the line and make sure no one else jumps into the line. <laughs> yeah. That's what happened in twenty twenty. And I'm sure people got to slip in late for those, too. All right. I have to uh, confess something to everyone now. There's an opportunity for people to speak on behalf of candidates at these caucus meetings. And Mm -hmm. I said that I would, but I didn't do it. (laughs) (laughs) I I got cold feet. Yeah. That's tough. And there's only like 35 people. Like, I think it'd be almost easier if there was like more people. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a little too personal when it's such a small number of people. And it's also very personal when a racist guy that you know is in the room <laughs> with you looking at right. you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Which was uh the case. Um somebody I had a <laughs> I had an interaction with a few years ago uh showed up right before I did. He didn't call you out as a saboteur. <laughs> He's like this he guy this guy is not racist enough to be at the republican caucus (laughs) he didn't but i felt like if i drew too much attention to myself it might uh open up the opportunity to (laughs) cause problems for Uh, me yeah and i also said that oh we didn't talk about this uh a reporter for reuters talked to me the day before the caucuses he came over to our house and interviewed me just outside in the driveway and i i was sort of telling him what my plan was and i said you know, these meetings are like a, a gathering of people who live all around you and will see you, you know, when you're out mm-hmm. on a walk. So it's probably not a good idea to like antagonize them too much or like try to make enemies in your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was thinking about in that room. I was like, you know what? <laughs> it's probably better <laughs> to remain silent. Oh, you know, that Abe Lincoln picture on the envelope yeah, really inspired yeah. me. Better to remain <laughs> silent and be thought a fool, you know? <laughs> Good call. Good call. <laughs> but we did have one person speak up in favor of a candidate, and uh, this is this was disgusting. Uh, can you guess which candidate he might have spoken in favor um, of? Trump? No. He was there DeSantis. for Ron DeSantis. Oh, yep. okay. That, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
I guess Trump doesn't really need anyone to speak on his behalf, but <laughs> no, he got fifty percent of the vote, so yeah. he he was doing just fine. Okay, now can you could you guess maybe what the first thing this guy said to support his candidate Ron DeSantis? Mm, something about he's the only one who will stand up to woke corporations. Close, but it's a little bit narrower than that. He said, "We are born male or female." <laughs> oh my God! Really? Yeah. Yeah. Which was also like the last statement Vivek made before voting. He tweeted, uh, there are two genders or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> if you're as insecure about your sexuality as me, then Ron DeSantis is the man for you. Yeah. If it freaks you out that anyone thinks differently about their their personal sexuality and gender and you want to oppress them and stop them from being different. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. Yeah, I probably went home, and, your... went home and cried that DeSantis lost. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I uh, when I got home, I uh, uh, Twitter user Lib Crusher was uh, retweeting this Twitter space of uh, Ron DeSantis supporters just <laughs> talking about the results, and they were oh, so man. mad about Nikki yeah. Haley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. I saw. Um, our f- good friend Joel Curtinitis, who we haven't spoke about on the <laughs> podcast for for quite some time for good reason, but <laughs> uh, before the caucuses, he uh, re- retweeted something about how the Trump campaign um, is saying that like votes will be stolen and that the caucuses are fraudulent, and then he's like, "They scared." <laughs> <laughs> And uh, completely silence after that. Yeah. A lot of it was uh, sadly reminding me of uh, Bernie 2016. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The way that they're coping with their uh, impending loss uh, was very similar. Uh, And they're they're not as justified because their candidate is a horrible man. They they weren't as close. (laughs) Yeah. They weren't as close. Also, it's, yeah, uh, a much wider gap. But... uh, they were complaining because uh, the AP called the race very oh, quickly. Yeah, which was a common thing with uh, the Bernie primary in 2016. Yep, I remember that being a big deal with California. Mm-hmm. They, I think, they called the whole primary for Hillary before California got to vote because, like, mathematically, it was basically impossible at that point for Bernie to win. But yeah, yeah it was a, a big thing for uh, those of us online to uh, complain about at the time. <laughs> so it brought back some good memories <laughs> uh the desantis man though at the precinct caucus he also talked about supporting the police he said biden is incompetent and our border is intentionally not secure that's the border with mexico of course uh the biden department of justice is persecuting his political opponents uh, probably about the the trump stuff right i don't know what else yeah that could be. yeah this was uh kind of a an interesting poll he quoted ross perot (laughs) (laughs) he said that uh i guess ross perot said this must have been in the 92 election he said only trust a man if his wife trusts him because that would have been a good criticism of clinton right so (laughs) i guess yeah the context for that yeah that's a quixotic man right there ross (laughs) (laughs) perot yeah yeah uh, he compared, oh man, this was interesting. He compared the uh, current Biden administration to 1930s Germany. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, Biden's I mean, Hitler. <laughs> Bi- Biden, no, Biden's Paul von Hindenburg. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a more apt comparison. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but he also 
basically called the January 6th thing uh, the Reichstag fire. <laughs> they Damn. used a fake insurrection to, like, consolidate executive power. Yeah. I don't know. It wasn't super clear what he was getting at, but the general, I got the gist of it, you know. The most important endorsement of DeSantis is not any, like, individual or elected official or anything. It is everyone who has moved to Florida during the period that Ron DeSantis has been governor. Just that flock of uh, immigration to Florida to experience all the freedom that he has initiated. That's, a, hmm. that's the best endorsement of Ron DeSantis. <laughs> I don't have the, the data on that, but has have more people been moving to Florida than usual? I mean, I thought... You know, that's like kind of a place where a lot of people go to retire. Uh, so like, sure. uh, it'd be probably pretty hard to separate out any <laughs> difference. I'm sure that there's some people who are, <laughs> who are all on board, moved right straight to the villages. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's probably just a pretty constant stream down yeah. there. So I had to register on site, of course, as did, uh, 15 others. Wow. So almost half of the people there um, registered as a Republican that night. Some of them presumably because they moved, uh, but some of them were probably like me. They were trolling, you know. <laughs> so everyone who had registered that night, the chair was going through the forms and calling people's names out so that he could like give them the, the ballot to vote on. I thought people might like this. Uh, he called me Justin Comer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I can see. Yeah, that's that makes sense. Yeah. It's been a constant in my life. Yeah, that's I'm sorry you have to deal with that. First assumption is that my name is Comer. <laughs> you know, it's I mean, you know the word newcomer? Yeah. That's how it's spelled, so I, I can see how people come to that conclusion. True. <laughs> so the ballot that we received was actually just a small green piece of paper. <laughs> probably probably about that big. <laughs> I'm showing Evan how big the paper was. Wow. And we just wrote the name of the candidate on the little green piece of paper. So once every every new registrant had received their paper by him calling their name and handing them individually, then, so it was a different process for people who were already registered. They found their name in like a folder in a book and like signed their name and then sat down. So instead of him calling them by name, he had them raise their hands to receive a piece of paper. <laughs> this doesn't seem very secure to me if it was more than like 40 people it seems like it would be easy to vote twice mm -hmm. right like what what would he have done if i had raised my hand in that moment call the cops <laughs> <laughs> yeah we were uh in a building attached to the police station oh that's so. <laughs> yeah that's true just <laughs> run down the hall <laughs> and this became like an interesting situation when after we had all written down our candidates a woman handed the chair two pieces of paper. Hmm. <laughs> One of them was her husband sitting right next to her. Yeah. So they, they could have just done it individually and not raised the uh, alarm bells in the t chair's head. And I, I guess I was unclear on, like, whether you can, like, write in in primaries. But I guess you could have written anything on there. Anything. I could have written anything. Yeah. And it's also hmm. different because... There's like the viability threshold that we've dealt with in the Democratic caucuses. That yeah. doesn't seem to be at all a part of the process with the Republicans. Yeah. I think they just count the votes straight up, don't they? Yeah. Which is good. Is it winner take all? <laughs> like, do they, like the delegates or whatever, is that part of it? Is it like winner take all for 
whoever gets the most votes in a precinct gets all the delegates or i think it's still proportional but i didn't stay and like yeah listen to them figure that all out i don't know (laughs) (laughs) uh oh and when when she handed him the two pieces of paper he looked at them so the any semblance of a secret ballot was gone and he asked her what she wrote on it so i was like are we gonna have to like (laughs) say what we voted for out loud in front of everyone and i was like getting ready to like run you know (laughs) (laughs) so everybody put their green pieces of paper in the folder and uh while the chair and the secretary were counting the ballots uh somebody in the room you can imagine the demographics of this room yeah first of all white old old, white mostly old male mostly maybe actually you know gender wise i think it was pretty evenly split i didn't write any of this down but you know it was a lot of like older couples so husband and wife were both there so you know sometimes when you're in a quiet public place somebody will be on their phone and you'll hear the very loud keyboard clicking sound Mm-hmm. somebody had that on like max volume <laughs> <laughs> is that an that's got to be an old person thing right because nobody would want that right that's like it's on by default if you at least last time i bought mm. a phone uh okay for some phone like apple um yeah these are on this by is an iphone thing yeah yeah i mean i turn that shit off immediately <laughs> so yes yeah, well, i think it's it's an old person thing i do do not i can see the visual feedback when i press a button i don't need to hear the <laughs> The click. Right, right. The the sound of a keyboard is not exactly uh, pleasing to me. No. And pretending that a phone is making that sound is not good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, final results of my precinct. Uh, we had 36 votes in total. Trump got 18 votes, so 50%. DeSantis got eight. Nikki Haley got eight. Binkley got one. Vivek got one. <laughs> I tied Vivek <laughs> there you at go. my precinct. Wow. So um, one interesting thing to point out, though, is that as the chair was reading these results, he uh, refused to, to say Ramaswamy. Really? Yeah. He said, Vivek, I'm not even going to try to say his last name. <laughs> Which is like not even a hard, like, come on. <laughs> no, no. It's, it's exactly how it looks. It's, it's very phonetic, honestly, the way it's spelled. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So once everything's been tallied, the chair has to call in the results to like a central headquarters in Des Moines. But uh, there was a bit of a hurdle there because the chair of our precinct caucus did not have a cell phone at all. He has no phone. Yeah, this is like caucus flashbacks. Like I was going to say, they they call back to a, a boiler room in Des Moines. <laughs> like right, a right, bunch right. Of people, <laughs> a bunch of people like hunched over laptops in a darkened scary room (laughs) (laughs) and they they weren't using an app that was intentionally sabotaged or anything like that (laughs) yeah just paper paper and phone calls yeah he had to borrow somebody's phone in the room (laughs) why do you yeah that's wild (laughs) he said he is cell phone ignorant (laughs) (laughs) i think my parents had a cell phone in 1998 yeah. <laughs> hmm. I I don't know, good for him. If he if he can live his life with no cell phone at all, like go for it, man. He didn't seem like that elderly either. Like I don't think that guy was even 70. <laughs> <laughs> man, really no uh, at all. 
really behind on the technology in the Republican caucuses. Yeah, I'm, su- I'm very surprised to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, while we're uh, talking about Vivek a little bit, so he has dropped out and endorsed Donald Trump. And I got something nice, not nice really, but uh, a couple articles talking about his like political downfall. And uh, he, he has uh, obviously been subject to racism throughout his presidential campaign. But I'm going to read here from this Des Moines Register article that's about like, you know, what went wrong for Vivek Ramaswamy in the Iowa mm-hmm. caucuses. Uh, the headline is one big reason for Vivek Ramaswamy's quick Iowa caucus exit. Too few free beer fans voted. This is by uh, Philip Jones and Sudiksha uh, Kochi in the Des Moines Register. And just let me read uh, just one section of this. Ramaswamy campaign courts young voters with alcohol. So the voting age is is what eighteen, right? Yep. Although Vivek wants to raise it to, he wants I think to he's raise at twenty five. Twenty five, <laughs> unless you can uh, like pass an immigration test. <laughs> yeah, yeah, civics test or civics, uh, yeah, whatever. Right, right. Which I believe was uh, found to be unconstitutional, like one hundred and fifty years ago. Yeah, uh, I think from the <laughs> I think, actually, I think that <laughs> over three hundred or uh, two hundred years ago. Yeah. I don't know. It was just part of like a post-Civil War Jim Crow stuff, I remember. Ramaswamy was never able to translate his social media fame with Gen Z voters into broad support in Iowa, New Hampshire, or other early states, even when he tried to entice them with events targeting them. He held a meet and greet with an Iowa State fraternity on December 23rd. His campaign held three free speech and free drinks events at bars near college campuses in Ames, Iowa City, and Des Moines where his largely self-funded campaign paid for drinks and held town hall-style events with prospective young voters. At the Ames event on October 27th, many of the Iowa State students there did not know that Ramaswamy would be speaking until they showed up to the bar. (laughs) So he's doing the, like... Reliable voters that you can count on. (laughs) (laughs) This is like a a scam that, like, a cover band does by naming their band Free Beer. (laughs) Yeah. It's <laughs> getting people to walk in off the street to hear your band because they think they're getting free alcohol. Others were Iowa State students from other states who could not caucus in Iowa. <laughs> I'm not sure about that because you can register from your, your like campus address. Yeah. So you they could reside there. Why, why yeah. couldn't you caucus? They could Unless they're like if, foreign if been nationals or something. Yeah. As Ramaswamy spoke at the bar, game one of the World Series played on TVs in the background. Above the constant chatter of patrons, Ramaswamy and his surrogates tried to explain how caucusing worked. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I want to hear when I'm out <laughs> drinking. <laughs> I want to learn a, about the caucuses. <laughs> this is another experience for, uh, you know, a band that has played at a bar before where a sports game is on the TV. Yeah. And no one wants to listen to you (laughs) and they're mad that they can't hear the tv over you (laughs) at the start of the event john baisley 21 an iowa state engineering major who dressed as alexander hamilton went up on stage with friends also dressed as founding fathers (laughs) man yeah i mean if i know anything about gen z (laughs) it's hitting did he do the Hamilton rap? Come on now. <laughs> there, there's nothing about that here, unfortunately. 
Uh, but they do. They did interview this guy. It looks like uh, Baisley agreed with Ramaswamy's call to secure U.S. borders and agreed with Ramaswamy's position that there are only two genders. Though the noise made it tough to hear policy positions, Baisley appreciate appreciated the chance to see Ramaswamy speak. This is a nightmare event for everyone yeah. involved. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wonder how many people like showed up to the bar and just like turned around and like walked, <laughs> went down the street. I mean. <laughs> I don't I don't think I would tolerate this. No, no. Though I guess the free drinks probably did entice some to stay. Yeah. But I don't think yeah, I mean <laughs> I don't think that would be worth it. Well that's really all I, I wanted from the uh the free drinks event. Just just a peek inside the uh, failed campaign of Vivek Ramaswamy. But there was sort of a larger issue that plagued his campaign. The fact that he is an Indian man and a Hindu. He was running in a racist political party, mm-hmm. courting the votes of racist Christians, yeah. primarily. If if he was white, he would have probably finished second, like, easily, <laughs> I would say. Just based on, you know, his charisma and, uh, like, insanity, like, just far-right <laughs> insanity. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I pulled this from NBC News. Uh, this was written by Nandi Egwanwu. I was really challenging myself with the names of, of journalists to prove yeah. that I'm not as racist as the <laughs> my precinct right. chair. <laughs> right. There you go. Uh, but but yeah, uh, he wrote an article called Vivek Ramaswamy campaign still facing voter questions on race and religion days before Iowa. And just the top of this, uh, this comes from Fort Madison. Uh, Apoorva Ramaswamy, which is Vivek's wife, had a simple ask for two supporters of her husband's presidential campaign. What do people say about why they're not supporting Vivek, and what answers can I help you provide? Well, the only one I have, and I couldn't even remember who said it to me, but they mentioned his dark skin, and they think he's Muslim. A supporter named Teresa Fowler told her at a restaurant meet-and-greet on Thursday. I kind of set them straight on that. I don't know if they believe me or think I was covering for him. I don't know. So what, she she just said he had a tan or what? Like, <laughs> yeah, he's not that dark. <laughs> like like how do you set them straight on the fact that he is not white, you know? Like <laughs> yeah, I mean like it's he's an uphill uphill battle there. You can say he's not Muslim, he's Hindu, but for somebody who is like yeah, religiously I don't know that's, bigoted, gonna that's not going to help that much. Anyone. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's tough. So uh, Apoorva Ramaswamy listened intently before responding. Not much we can do about that one. <laughs> <laughs> so so they're, they're being met repeatedly with the close-mindedness of the Iowa Republican voter, and they don't have any response. Like, they, mm-hmm. they aren't able to overcome that, or they don't know how. And I don't know how. Yeah, I was thinking about that because, like, you know, his campaign was focused so much on, like, religious stuff and, like, trying to do, like, Hindu monotheism. And, like, that almost seems like that makes him more suspect to, like, (laughs) average Republican Christian voter. Because it's like he's trying to be, like, he's trying to, like, massage it and, like, like, almost lie about what his actual beliefs are. It comes so, across like, I as wonder disingenuous. if he might yeah. have done better if he just didn't 
just completely drop the religion like aspect or like it's if he if he was like oh i'm like pro-life if he like hit all the things that they care about but didn't specifically talk about like god and god is real or whatever yeah right right which was i feel like messaging yeah that might have helped a little bit i don't think it was gonna make a difference he he wasn't gonna win anyway but right uh, and he was intentionally invoking the imagery of the ten commandments as well yeah Which there's there's no way to square that like that has nothing to do with Hinduism. and the and the founding fathers <laughs> stuff like yeah it just kind of comes kind of comes off as like desperate and weird yeah yeah so there's more quotes from people in this article uh this is uh that that woman um Teresa fowler again they think he's muslim so it's his nationality more than anything it's just that they can't get beyond when you look at someone and you know dot 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 i'm working on them (laughs) so it's it's sort of like she's like unwilling to confront the fact that the people she's talking to are racist and bigoted (laughs) right she's sort of like saying like they're wrong but i understand where they're coming from (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's that's not good um at, at a later event in Jefferson County, Apurva Ramaswamy was grilled by one of two event attendees about her own upbringing. Wait, so are they saying only two people showed up to this? <laughs> she was grilled by one of two event attendees about her own upbringing. Uh, I think that means two people were there. <laughs> yeah. So the, the quote from one of these attendees is, how long have you been in the United States? Were you born here? Asked Wayne uh, Neeskern. Nee an attendee from Fairfield, Iowa. So I'm going to say Wayne is most likely a white man, and he has a tough last name as well, Neeskern. Hmm. K-N-E-E-S-K-E-R-N. So I'm not being racist when I have trouble with his name, okay? True. <laughs> In an interview after the event, Neeskern explained that he, quote, loves foreign people. <laughs> <laughs> citing what he described as his two unofficially adopted children oh no there's like those guys d- darkness behind this yeah no there's definitely well yeah i mean the uh <laughs> the adopted uh children from another country sort of thing when it's like a republican guy like that yeah it's well even i don't know there's well, he said unofficially adopted also unoffic- what does that mean? oh yeah that is did you, yeah did you steal a couple immigrant children <laughs> Damn. Uh, uh, he said he asked about Apurva's upbringing because of the, quote, bad things the Ramaswamis say about the state of the country. He particularly takes issue with Vivek's 10 Truths platform and calls for a revolution, which he interprets as the candidate revolting against the country. (laughs) I keep thinking, why did you come here then if it's so bad? Niskren said, (laughs) this guy is going to turn out to be a dictator, I'm afraid, just like Donald Trump's going to be. So I don't. (laughs) I don't know who Niskern ended up voting for, but uh, interesting. <laughs> I believe Vivek was born in the United States because otherwise he would be facing a lot of eligibility right. challenges. It does say that uh, his wife Apurva moved here when she was four years old. So again, not not that that matters at all, but you know, it's not like she just moved here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Why didn't she just say that, you know, we hate Muslims more than you do? Like, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that that's a path they could have taken, certainly. <laughs> God. Ugh. Yeah, and you know that they had private conversations considering that strategy. 
Yeah. <laughs> They're saying I'm Muslim. My God. <laughs> yeah. Proud supporters of Modi. <laughs> <laughs> this whole thing was reminding me of the 2008 uh, John McCain thing. Yeah. Do you remember like somebody at one of his campaign events called Obama a uh, Muslim? And Ken- John Kenyan McCain Muslim, said, yeah. Yeah. McCain said, no, no, he's a good man. <laughs> 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 and this was treated as him like doing something right and good. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Setting the record straight by saying, Obama's not Muslim, he's good. <laughs> <laughs> the most like correcting them in the most racist way imaginable part of the reason this reminded me of that is because of this last quote uh this was at a small meet and greet event in jasper county one iowan attempted to ease concerns another attendee appeared to have uh about apurva ramaswamy's faith barack obama he was not a christian said the man who declined to give his name repeating an often stated conspiracy theory about the former president's religious views. We can share the same values. That's really what counts. There is no perfect person. Only one. Jesus, Jesus Christ. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, another very odd quote, like Obama wasn't a Christian and that's not what matters. So this is somebody who like believes the, the conspiracy theories about Obama being Muslim, but also thinks that that's cool and fine. Interesting position to take. The American See, electorate is, I mean. <laughs> this is why the Iowa caucuses are so important. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, we talk a lot about, like, ideologies of the ruling class, but, like, they, for, like, people on the lower end of the uh, financial spectrum, it's like, there is no, like, intentionally, I think, by, like, the media design, like, there isn't really any ideology in these people there is some ideology but it's like it's hidden beneath just like the status quo i don't know what i'm saying i kind of no no i i i get where you're going with this i think like basically self-education about these topics is is discouraged right heavily and and it's just difficult to like media literacy is super low it's difficult to get like uh uh, reliable sources on on anything mm-hmm. unless you like are really dedicated to i yeah. don't know be, being correct which it's why like, would you be <laughs> you basically like just pick and choose what parts of like the american project that you agree with or think are good and like yeah, mo- there isn't really people, any most people also, are making these decisions about what they believe because they they just hear something in passing or they encounter a statement by chance and their mm-hmm. immediate like reaction to that, and that's yeah. that just orients their belief system. Yeah, it's reactionary, you could say. <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> I think that's true. <laughs> and yeah, most people just are not uh, not interested in in being well, consistent it's like also, in that way. It's, it's sort also of disincentivized. Like, Mind your own business is how we operate. Yeah, and you know, like all the stuff when like Trump was um, elected. And, like, all these people who voted for him were, like, like, oh, I didn't really think he believed all that. Like, I didn't, <laughs> like, like, I didn't, like, they hear what they want to hear and they disregard anything that, that doesn't jive. Obama. Yeah. Same, same thing there. To a lesser extent, I think. Yeah. But that's because he was more, like, like, logical and, like, somewhat more policy-based. Like, Trump is just pure id, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, so this was going, we're still on the, the Vivek topic here. Um, this was a, a tweet that I saw going around of a, another voter saying something bizarrely racist about Vivek. But what uh, you may not realize is that quote is from a podcast called The Focus Group, <laughs> which is a, a product of uh, The Bulwark. The Bulwark. That's uh, yeah. Bill Crystal. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Okay, cool. Who is, you know, conservative commentator for for decades. And then uh <laughs> when Trump came to power, he decided that he's a a never trumper and then I think mm-hmm. he was actually encouraging people to vote for Biden uh in 2020. I think which... so. He he's not officially part of the Lincoln project, but I think he w- was in yeah. that circle. Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, never Trump conservatives, David Brooks will be at the University of Iowa campus this Monday. If you would like to heckle him about uh, his young wife, um, <laughs> <laughs> so I I, I uh, pulled up this podcast because I wanted to hear the voice of the man who said these things about Vivek. And you're not going to hear this, but this uh, podcast episode featured uh, Anne Seltzer, like of the the Seltzer poll. Mm-hmm. She was the guest on this episode, but. Uh, these are the clips that they pulled from uh, Republican caucus voters. I'm sorry. I'm not being prejudiced, guys, but I don't like his name. I don't <laughs> like where he came from. After 9-11, I still harbor a lot of hard feelings about that. I had somebody call me for uh, Vivek, and that person could not say his last name. But I was like, come on, are you just picking people out of the street or what? Like, you got to be able to say the candidate's name. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, did he say Vivek? Yeah, that's what I heard. <laughs> I think he said Rivet. This is um, absolutely what I expect to hear from a uh, Bill Crystal <laughs> endorsed network or founded network. Like, <laughs> I remember 9-11. <laughs> right. Shut the fuck right. up. Uh, yeah, Vivek Ramaswamy, when I see him, listen, 9-11. He reminds affected, me of 9-11. Me yeah. I've been living in Iowa my whole life. All of my 52 years on Earth. And uh, 9-11 was a tough day for me. (laughs) And whenever I see anyone remotely darker than me, I think that they are at fault for 9-11. That's wild. How old even is Vivek? He would have been... He's like 38 or something. Yeah. (laughs) He would have been not very old on 9-11. He was born in 85. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Look... uh, you may not believe us, sir, but uh, Vivek Ramaswamy had nothing to do with 9-11. No, we're going to exonerate him on that front, you know. <laughs> we don't like the guy, but <laughs> he didn't do 9-11. <laughs> uh, and I don't know if I necessarily fully believe the story from that second clip that somebody called him and wasn't able to pronounce his name. But if that's true, I mean, that is that is kind of a failure of of your campaign. Like... At the very least, people phone banking for you should be able to say your name. Yeah. You could probably train them on that. Yeah, that's If it's that's a concern. <laughs> <laughs> but also, that I mean, that guy seemed to think that his first name was Rivek. So, glass <laughs> houses, my friend. All right. Well, we took up a whole hour just talking about the caucus. So, <laughs> that that may be about it for us. Um, I talked we about have the, to. It's in the name, so like we have to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, it's our thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I talked about uh, the Coralville City Council considering a ceasefire resolution on our last episode, and they did, in fact, 
uh, pass a resolution. The vote was three to one, which yes means it would have been possible for them to tie, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which would have been really fun. Uh, <laughs> If that's something that you're you're following, uh, there is a group of people encouraging the Cedar Rapids City Council to vote on a ceasefire resolution on Tuesday. That meeting is at 4 p.m. Uh, and I, my first inclination is that the Cedar Rapids City Council is not going to want to touch this. Yep. But one thing to consider is that Cedar Rapids is the home of the oldest standing purpose-built mosque in the United States. That's right. So they may want to consider that. I believe it was the, the first uh, mosque uh, west of the Mississippi. I think that's correct. Yeah, the Mother Mosque in uh, Cedar Rapids. And uh, also the Johnson County Board of Supervisors is considering a resolution at their meeting on Wednesday the 24th, which is at 9 a.m. And I've been thinking, oh, yeah, yeah, the Iowa House, by the way, passed uh, essentially the opposite of a ceasefire resolution the other day. <laughs> they, they certainly did. <laughs> yeah, they, they passed a resolution that was basically like, uh, we steadfastly stand with the state of Israel in all things, and they we support them doing whatever they want at all times. Yeah, um, you know that you can still get you know your presidential preference card uh if you're a democrat if you're still mm -hmm. a registered democrat you can still participate in the caucuses until like march um, i think I march first right is that the deadline yeah i think so not sure about that there, there is a deadline for requesting the card as well so you may want to check in on yeah that. right uh we need to find that anyway i saw like a um new new hampshire democrats well people in new hampshire Biden's who, not on the ballot there New, Biden, the New Hampshire, they have to write him in. They have to write him in. Okay, so maybe this won't work. Because, again, I don't understand, like, but he's primaries <laughs> where you can write in candidates or why, where you can't. But they were mm -hmm. running a campaign to write in ceasefire instead That's of true. a candidate. Yeah. Um I would like to do that if I can here. <laughs> but I don't know if that's going to be possible. But... I guess maybe I'll maybe I'll request a card and I'll uh, report back on the next podcast. Yeah, yeah. If that yeah. is possible to write Sounds in. Sounds good. Yeah, I don't know. If not, you can just deface the card and send it back, even if there isn't a spot. <laughs> yeah, just write, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck you, ceasefire. <laughs> um, so I this is illegal, okay? Like, I, I don't know what the consequences of this would be, but I think, like, in terms of uh, being technically possible... So I'm a registered Republican now. I participated in the caucus. I could switch to a Democrat and request a card now, and I don't know what would happen. Hmm. <laughs> like, you are not allowed to participate in both legally, but I don't know how they check. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. I feel like you could probably get away with that, but now that you've talked about it on a podcast, it might have been... No, like... yeah. I'm, I'm not going to... I also <laughs> tweeted about it a while ago, and I just said... Don't do this, but I think you could. <laughs> like I, I don't, I don't want to get in trouble for something so pointless. But yeah, I don't know how they would stop you. Yeah, unless they're like Republican and Democrat are, are communicating. I mean, maybe they they did get your information, so maybe there's some kind of I don't, I don't yeah. know. Don't, yeah, don't don't try if, this at home. <laughs> if I filled out the registration form at the caucus, that's probably evidence that I participated yeah. in it right yeah yeah anyway so th this like uh this ongoing ceasefire thing like it is somewhat uh performative gesture and it is just words you know yeah 
But I think, again, these are being pushed by local people who are personally impacted. Like, at the Corval One, uh, a man there talked about how many of his family members who live in Palestine have been killed over the past few months. And just... As regular people, we have little recourse here because we can vote, but the people who are in charge of like what our federal government does are pretty heavily, uh, heavily committed to one side of, of this issue. And there's not much we can do. We can say we support a ceasefire. We support a Palestinian state. We support just the end of apartheid. But I do think that a number of cities throughout the country passing some kind of official resolution saying that we support this and we do not support the actions of our current administration does have some impact. You know, like most cities in the country are led by Democrats. This is a Democratic president. If there, there is a large split in the Democratic Party over this issue and having it be officially expressed by these like city governments I think does matter to some extent mm-hmm. to show in some official capacity that there is uh, discontent with the leadership of their, yeah. their political party. Absolutely. Yeah. It doesn't do as much as like actually stopping Israel, <laughs> but it's about all you can do as just like a member of the public in the United States. Yeah. And it's, it's outrageous. It's absolutely outrageous. The things that are coming out of the Biden administration and it's yeah i mean it's it's a positive thing i guess to tell them to fuck off like (laughs) yeah yeah Uh, i say all that because a friend of ours was uh was tweeting last night about how the 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 efficacy of this pales in comparison to so many other things you could be pressuring our local governments to do and like i agree to a large extent but it's also much easier to get these uh elected libs to pass a resolution that's just words than to get them to actually like materially change something significant about the way that a local government works. Yeah. Yeah. They're pretty, uh, pretty adamantly opposed to shaking the boat in that way until we get more Laura Burgess types in our city mm-hmm. governments. Okay. Well, we don't have uh, any voicemails to play today. Uh, you can call us at 319-849-8733 if you would like to uh, weigh in on any topics we discuss on the show or ask us any questions. Or uh, you could be rude to us as well. If, if you didn't like something we said and you would like to yell at us, 319-849-8733. Unfortunately, we did get a message from the guy who lived in the same building as Vivek, but mm-hmm. his voice was cutting out for almost the entire message. So no, there was no coherent statement <laughs> in the recording. Oh. So uh, if you want to call back uh, Mr. Vivek apartment guy and, and uh, recall that story again, it, we'd be happy to hear from you. We can also receive mail at PO box 5336 in Coralville, Iowa zip code five, two, two, four, one. If you enjoy the podcast, you would like to spend money to get more of the podcast, you can do that at patreon.com slash rockhardcaucus. On that page, you'll also find links to all the articles I read from in today's episode and often just other relevant uh, places for you to check out. We're in the process of preparing our Slipknot review series. 
uh, I decided this week to start reading some books about Slipknot. Hmm. So, so, so they're so that, reading, perusing the literature on Slipknot. <laughs> yeah, I figured I want to be somewhat informed on who these guys are. I think we should focus mostly on the music, but like, yeah, yeah. to have some background knowledge, I think, would help us discuss them. <laughs> so that's why we haven't released an episode yet, is because I'm reading books. Yeah. <laughs> I will not be doing that. <laughs> I will be listening to their music as a converted Slipknot fan. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're adult Slipknot converts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am recording a, a, a Speed Freak Read Speak episode with Tony later today. So more uh, Sonic the Hedgehog comic book reviews coming to the Patreon soon. Nice. All right. We're going to close today's episode with a song by the IO City hardcore band PSYOP. Uh, the song is called Death From Above, and I thought it was uh, relevant to some topics we discussed. If you make music in the state of Iowa and you would like your music to appear on this program, please visit rockhardcock.us, our website. It's spelled like the word caucus, not like the uh, the vulgar term for uh, penis. Disgusting. Rockhardcock.us. <laughs> There's a link near the top where you can submit music, and I would love for you to do that. This has been Rock Hard Caucus episode 132. Thank you, Evan, and thank you, world, for listening. Peace. Peace.